When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 253. I am your host, Greg. I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler stumbled his way back in. So welcome back, Tyler. And um, we've got, I mean, we got a show tonight. There's not much news. Nothing really huge happened. We're coming off three game uh, win streak against some good teams. Uh, Larkin's injured. We uh, we signed Patrick Kane. Nothing big. Uh, so... I'm kidding. Um, tonight's show, I think <laughs> off the top, we're going to skip pleasantries because we're rolling. We're going to release this show late and uh, we're going to try to get as much in as humanly possible so that I'm not up until midnight editing. It'll be a great time. Um, so, Tyler, I know you're good. Michigan won a huge game. Ryan, I know you're pissed because Ohio State lost a huge game. So we, we can do. Yeah. And Cheers. Ryan will drink for that. It's excellent. Um, but I think we want to start with some news off the top. So off the top. Derek Lalone says Dylan Larkin will be unavailable for the Red Wings uh, at the Rangers and also against the Blackhawks. He's not going on IR, so it's nothing super serious. But I, I've been able to tell and a bunch of other people have been able to tell too that Dylan Larkin out there the last few games looked like he's been hurt. Like he didn't look happy when he scored the other day. He just winced like he was in pain. Uh, but I think Dylan Larkin, even not at a, not at 100%, is still a good Dylan Larkin. But I think you can give him a little bit of a rest to try to get him back to 100% game shape because in 100% Dylan Larkin is extremely effective. Much needed and much earned rest for, for Larkin. I mean, even out there, probably at what, 70%, if you want to call it, even if that, he was putting up a huge goal the other night and doing things that you would expect of him up to this point. So uh, as long as it's not anything too severe and that the fact that he's not going on IR, I think is a promising thing. He's going to miss what the Rangers and Blackhawks, which is a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. Malone hinted that Saturday he should be back for for uh, at the Habs, but I guess we'll have to wait and see because I think they're off until, what, Tuesday or Wednesday after Saturday? Yeah, I thought they played a pretty good stretch there. Uh, they are off until... Tuesday. Okay, yep, Tuesday, because they play tomorrow. They in play Buffalo. Thursday, uh, Saturday, and then Tuesday in Buffalo, yep. Yeah, so maybe he doesn't go on the road. I mean, it's a two-game road trip. I don't even know if it's going to be a road trip because maybe they'll just end up coming back home, but they're in Buffalo, in Montreal, in consecutive games, and then they're back home for a few. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, obviously, no IR. If it is an IR stint, I mean, he can just go for seven days and misses one, two, three, potentially four games there, which could be significant, but... We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely a big loss, but I mean, at the end of the day, you'd rather have them get this time off now than than have something linger or, or make it worse, you know, down the stretch of the season. You know, we're only in, at the end of November. We're not. It's not like we're at crunch time yet. So 
giving them a little bit of a break and a little bit of a, a opportunity and chance to, um, you know, recharge the batteries and, and, you know, fix whatever, you know, or I should say rest, whatever's ailing him. Um, 21 points in 20 games. I mean, this is a really good start for Larkin. Like you kind of alluded to that goal the other night against Minnesota was really nice. He and, and Lucas Raymond, the, the chemistry that those two have right now, man, it's, it's, and I'll tell you one thing right now, not to, you know, push ahead or anything, but man, Lucas Raymond is every time I watch the wings, it just seems like he's getting better and better out there. And it's not just the moves, the playmaking it's he's becoming a complete player. He's evolved. He's evolving as the season continues. Yep. He's turning into a Hendrick Zetterberg like player. Yeah, I think that he's turning into what we hoped Lucas Raymond would turn into this season. I think we had initially said 70 points for Lucas Raymond, and I think he's he can hit it. I think it's completely achievable for him to hit 70 points. Like you said, he's good. And we've mentioned this several times in the podcast. He's going into corners. He's digging out pucks. He's making plays. He's hitting guys. He's scoring goals, which is huge for him. Uh, and he's doing everything you want him to do. And he's, I think, cemented himself and is continuing to cement himself as a top line player. I think it'd be a travesty to take Lucas Raymond off that top line simply because he's done everything within his power to earn that spot. And I think that's his spot going forward because, I mean, at this point we were saying, hey, maybe they bridge Raymond in the offseason because he's going to need a contract. But if he keeps going at this pace and he does hit a 70-point season, I think you have to lock him up long-term at that point. I think a bridge is out of the question. I was thinking maybe 50 points maybe 45 points, maybe he repeats his rookie season or he repeats last year, you bridge him. But it looks like, like you said, he's evolved. He's transformed as a player. I think by the end of this season, he should earn a long-term contract. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, you you can just see, and Tyler basically alluded to this, the confidence with him is the highest I think we've seen since he's been on this team outside of making the roster as a rookie. And it showed like that Minnesota game in particular, the move that he made. Oh, Greg, what did you just see? Sam Bennett just beat the shit out of Domi. Oh my what? God. Ragged oh, I'll have to go find that one. Anyways, but no, I mean that the way that they opened the scoring on the power play, which thank God the power play has figured their shit out again. They made some moves. Perron's back on the top line with ghost on the, at the point, And they have just been firing on all cylinders. No pun intended. But the move that that Raymond made to set up Perron's one-timer and the way that he's been able to help control and drive the power play in general, they've got him as that free roamer on the right side again. They, they We saw that a lot last year, but it didn't seem to kind of connect. This year, the way that they've been operating, it's what we were hoping for. And I think if you lock him up long-term, it just cement, like with the, the way the cap situation is, you know you're going to get a team-friendly deal, and all things considered. and that just sets your team up for the future. That's what you need to be focused on right now. And that's huge. Yeah. And I like how we derailed. We derailed from Dylan Larkin to Lucas Raymond. For good reason, though. And it's not like it's, I mean, Larkin's got four points over his last three games and that competition yeah. has not been slouches. I mean, you've got, since we're looking past Sweden, New Jersey, 4-0 win. Larkin had a goal there. Boston, at Boston, 5-2 win. Larkin, another goal there. Huge goal, power play goal to put them back up too late. And then Minnesota, he had a great, not really a break. It was a two-on-two. Raymond cuts in front of him. Larkin fires low, gets his own rebound, and slams it home. He had a goal and assist in that game. He's showing up where it matters. He's got that point-per-game pace going right now, which is what we were looking for. And he's doing, he's doing it. 
Yeah, and I think speaking of Sweden and the hot stretch that Larkin's had recently and the team has had recently, I mean, coming off, I mean, beating the Devils 4 to nothing, beating the Bruins 5-2, to two, beating the uh, Wild 4-1, to one, uh, it was tweeted by Daniela said that Shane Gossespierre said after the loss in Toronto, or to Toronto in Sweden, Dylan Larkin led the way in telling his teammates, we've got to figure out what kind of team we're going to be. And now after he's said that to them coming out of Sweden, They've locked it down. They've played some dominant hockey. They again handed the Bruins another regulation loss, which I guess broke their entire franchise because then they <laughs> went on to lose like seven to two to the Rangers. And they got beat by Columbus as well. Yeah. And then they went on to to beat the Wild four to one. And then Wild went and like fired their entire staff. So the Red Wings are uh, are putting franchises to bed with how they've been playing lately. Two guys I'd love to highlight right now who we've absolutely shit on up to this point in the season who have actually played well since uh, the Sweden trip. Ben, ben Sherratt and, and Jeff, Jeff Petrie. Petrie. They have, I, don't, I was talking to my dad about this, and it seems like they finally have figured out that both of them can't be using the same aggressive mindset, and they're actually utilizing their skills more appropriately. We're not seeing Petrie just constantly shooting into guys' legs. We're not seeing Sherratt getting himself out of position too much. Petrie did have a pretty big gaffe against Minnesota, but it came late when the game was more or less already in hand. But they're playing sound hockey. And for how pissed off we've been at them to this point, that's huge for what this team needs moving forward because those are depth guys for you. Even though they are still playing pretty big minutes, they're not what you're looking forward to long term. So if they're making impacts now and can maintain at least even a fraction of that going forward, it's going to be vital for, especially with this the way the team is playing defense right now yeah no doubt and the, the thing i always kind of said about petrie is he's what 35 years old um sometimes it. it takes those Watch guys it. a little no i mean we're also close to 35 years old so <laughs> tread lightly tyler no i was just gonna say sometimes it takes guys like the older guys in the nhl a little bit to get going uh in terms of getting into a flow of things so maybe you know he him starting to turn the corner and the reason for that is you know he's played more games he hasn't really sat in the press box as much recently and uh we all know jeff petrie is a good hockey player uh obviously maybe not the same guy that he was you know when he's with montreal or when he's with edmonton but he's definitely a good hockey player and a good puck moving defenseman still and i mean he's also learning a new system this is a new team for him so maybe it's taken him 20 something games to like get up to speed with a new team and learn that he can't do the exact same thing as the guy that's on his pair or else they're going to get burned every night. Uh, but you're right, Ryan. I mean, they have uh, they have picked it up pretty significantly, uh, especially since the Sweden trip where we were pulling our hair out, like yelling at the TV, telling them to move or get in the slot or clear the crease or stop chasing people to the corner like it, it's been a, a market improvement over the past three games. And Detroit's going to have to probably rely on them even more here in the next couple of games because we're going to get, looks like Jake Wallman's coming back from his little shoulder, neck, whatever he had going on. And Justin Hall was listed as questionable going into the next couple of games. So there's not going to be a whole lot of change going on with the defense. So get used to what you're seeing at this point. Yeah, you just covered my next two points. Um, Wallman back, you're, great. You're welcome. Fantastic. And uh, I mean, it's good. They played great without him, which is a very good sign. It's it's good to see that you can lose someone as impactful as Jake Wallman and they depth. can still step it up. Yeah, depth, but also like defensive responsibility at that point. Like we were we were sweating because you see Jake Wallman go down and you go, man, 
They're going to give Petrie more time. They're going to give Sherratt more time. And they were able to compensate. And it was really nice to see that. And you also saw Shane Gostaspare come back to form, which I think really helped. You see someone like Wallman go down with the offensive skill that he has. And you see Ghost be able to step right up, take his place, uh, get his offense back because he did have a streak of like seven games where he had no points. And now you see what's he got four points in three games or maybe more that it's been he's been also looking fantastic. And we had said from, I mean, at least a few episodes ago, Shingasa spares one of your top four defensemen easily. He's probably number three right now. And uh, the only thing that sucks is holes down and holes been solid as well. But we'd shown that we're if we're able to replace the impact that Jake Wallman has on the team with what we have in the system and what we currently have on the team, I don't think it's an issue to replace what uh, Hole provides with what's already on the team either. Yeah, to your point about points, uh, Ghost has six points in his last two games. He had a four-point night against Minnesota. He got the empty net goal at the, at the end, but he also had three assists on those first three goals. And then he had two assists against Boston. So there you go. Nice. I mean, is there anything else you guys want to say about the the games against the Bruins, the Devils, or the Wild? I mean, the Bru- the Devils were pretty beat up. They're they're missing Timo Meyer. They were missing Nico Heischer. The Bruins. I mean, that was a, a beautiful game, Tyler. We were talking a little bit off air about it. Uh, it's a game where they matched the Bruins and they beat the Bruins at their own game, and it was phenomenal. And the Wild game, and I don't know what's wrong with the Wild. They're like really, really bad. Uh, but is there anything you guys want to say about it before we take a quick break and get into the the meat of the episode tonight? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that, first of all, I'm probably not allowed to go to a Bruins game in Boston. No, we established that. You are never allowed to go watch the Red Wings play. Only unless one of us come to visit during one of those games, then you can go. Exactly. And I'll say one thing right now. It's not because I couldn't have gone to the game. The tickets were, like, almost $200 for the balcony, like, for the cheap, like, get-in price. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Don't you feel bad uh, for the people that paid two hundred dollars to go watch their team get spanked? Well, that's 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 what R- Mich- uh, Boston Ryan was talking to me about because him and I were supposed to go, and then we kind of got a little banged up on Thursday night after the Thanksgiving and everything. And he's like, "I don't know if I want to spend two hundred and twenty bucks, um, you know, for the balcony to see, you know, the Wings get their asses kicked against Boston." And I'm like, "I'll go. I don't care. We'll see what happens." And then we we ended up watching the game together um, at an establishment. And he's like, well, I'm fucking really glad I didn't spend the money to watch that game. And Time out. Were you at a titter or what was this establishment? Quote no, it was, just a, it was just a local bar. Quinn's Irish. Well, there's watching know. the wings from a strip club. <laughs> I, you know, the way you said that, I had to ask. So I'm glad we clicked. I said a local establishment, meaning one of the bars near me. Um, yeah, we, it sounds we like a bro- make it sound like we're in 1920s prohibition and that you're at a speakeasy trying to avoid the feds right now. No, we just went to a little local Irish pub. Actually, I remember when when I told you about my apartment, you were looking around my area. You're like, what's this Quinn's Irish pub? Well, it turns out that that's one of the places that we go to the most. So shout out Quinn's. But um, yeah, the, the Wings had their most complete performance of the year i thought in that game i didn't think there were really many lapses at all and a team that doesn't really start on time a lot of the times uh no pun intended i thought was as good as they could have been in that game i know their their afternoon games typically aren't that good as well the red wings they came out they got the lead and they really never relinquished it so i thought that was a great game and then they followed it up by a game where they kind of were outplayed against the Wild. They were def- certainly outshot against Minnesota. 
uh, in the second and third period, I believe it was, but they still were able to hold up and they were able to win the game. And that Minnesota team is absolutely horrific right now. I'll tell you one thing. I, I was kind of surprised when they fired Dean Evason just because Dean Evason was one of the reasons why they were as good as they were the last couple of years. But, you know, I guess Bill Guerin is kind of seeing that, you know what, that we need to salvage this year. And so John Hines steps in, the former coach of the New Jersey Devils. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, my only thoughts, I mean, the way they played those games, they they were it's a consistent effort that we saw from the Red Wings. And it's something that we've harped on ad nauseum at this point, other than the first like six, seven games that we saw a consistent effort game in and game out when they went on that heater to start the season. But that's what we saw against New Jersey that continued into Boston, where I think we all thought that'd be maybe they'd let off the gas because they're back on the road against another, you know, the top team of the division, but they didn't. And again, it led to Boston getting out of their element and losing their shit in the third period and not playing their game. And it worked out great. But also, we have had fantastic goaltending between Billy Huso and Alex Lyon. Where that's going to take us here in the near future, I don't know. We the, the team hasn't hit in one way or the other. The Diggers don't have anything for us to play off of. So Detroit's still carrying three goalies. And right now, Alex Lyon, I think, is cementing himself as a 1B option. Unless, until proven wrong. Alex Lyon came in and he was great in Sweden. That game, he was awesome. And then he comes back and he he has a shutout. Like Alex shutout. Lyon pitches a shutout. And what you can see in and what I've noticed a little bit from Alex Lyon is that the guys feel I think like they can be a little more a little bit more loose in front of him because they know he can save the puck. Like he makes those timely saves. He's strong in the crease and um he's also weird as shit. And it's hilarious. <laughs> like if you go watch the Red Wings he's a videos, they post them. Yeah. He's a true goalie. He is like he's a certified goalie. Like I think Reimer's a little too like a little too personable to be a goalie, and uh, I think Alex Lyon Normal. has absolutely solidified himself as, as if not a one B as the solid backup for this team. Agreed. And what's crazy too is he kind of should have had a shutout against Minnesota if it wasn't for. I mean, of course the shot comes from Kaprizov, but Cider actually was had blocked the shot. And then it redirects off Eric Sinek and in, into the back of the net. And that kind of shifted the momentum in that Minnesota game, kind of like what you're talking about, Tyler. But he finished 37 saves on 38 attempts in that game. You can't ask for much more than Huso has been just also on fire on top of it. So, but what I like to your point about Lyon right now, the way if you watch the Minnesota game in particular, they're really working hard defensively to give him a clear sight line. Like there's one play in particular. I remember Petrie just manhandled somebody in front of the net and Lyon made a save like it was nothing because he had a perfect view of the guy that was actually coming in to make an attempt. And I think that speaks to where Detroit's been at the last couple of games is that they have been so sound defensively. They're moving guys out of the way. I would I would not go as far as saying that they're standing in the box because penalties have still been quite the issue. But uh, to that note, they're capitalizing on the power play when they are given those opportunities. So. A lot is going right. Will it stay that way forever? No, because they're going to the Rangers, and we know how things have been there lately. So we'll, but we'll see what happens. But I like the way that, it, as a whole, outside of just Lyon, the defense has been playing to get to help out the goaltending. Yeah, I like the way Lyon has played. I think the team plays a lot better in front of him. I think they put, they defend a lot better because I think they they know that he can he can be a little bit more scrambly. Are are people going to start giving this guy credit because? 
this guy's single-handedly the reason why the Florida Panthers made the playoffs last year uh, after being not that great of a team to start the season. And I think it was up until Christmas time that they weren't playing very good. I don't think anyone's taking that away from him. It's just the fact that he hasn't been in the net. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, like, this guy didn't get a backup role. He got a third role here in Detroit uh, in front of a guy, James Reimer, who, I mean, Reimer was on a awful San Jose team, so you really couldn't take his, his stats into consideration from last year. But even then, I mean, Reimer's been a solid goalie over his career. But Alex Lyon's younger, and Alex Lyon, I feel like a lot of people had him penciled in to be the starter in the AHL, and I'm just like, wait a minute. What gives Huso the benefit of the doubt? Because they traded for him? So what? Lyon has has more than, than earned his share. And even, even to last year, when Lyon got the, the Panthers to the playoffs, but then they turned to Bobrovsky. Why did they do that? Because he struggled going into the at the start of the playoffs. He was not good. That's right. You're, you're right. He did start to he did start the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then it kind of kind of went to shit from there. But again, like I said, Alex Lyon is a good goaltender. Is he a great starter? I don't know. We don't know that. But I, I, I'm willing to try it because I don't love what I've seen from Huso this year and James Reimer. I mean, I could take him or leave him, frankly. I mean, he's, what, 35, 36 years old at this point. I mean, you remember him with Toronto when he was a rookie goalie. So, like, the guy's kind of over the hill at this point. But, again, you have three goalies. You're kind of making it work. But I feel like something's got to give at some point here. Yeah, I mean, you can say that he's over the hill, but he's still providing decent numbers for you in the sense of not being the starter. And the fact yeah. that you're not having to rely on him to be the starter is what you would hope for. So I think that we're hopefully past the Huso roller coaster because, you know, obviously he had a, a baby recently. So maybe the nerves and everything else that go into waiting on a kid will start to kind of go away a little bit. Now, hopefully he's actually sleeping to that point. But Ryan, I mean, he doesn't look like he sleeps before the baby. So. This is very true. He uh, he does look like he is just awake 24-7. But y- you see the point that I'm getting at, that there's a very large load, and Greg, you can attest to this, off the shoulders, because until that Giggity. baby pops out, you are stressed to high hell. Yeah. And I know that that's how my last one was, because the first one, which else, came out at 33 weeks. So the second one, I was stressed to no end until little man finally popped out so props to Huso. he came back he's already had a great game lions playing great rhymers can now count the odd man out we'll just wait and see what happens yeah we'll see where he goes from there but what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break before we come back to the meat of the episode and number 88 in detroit i know a lot of people are excited we're going to go through kind of the impact uh it may have on the team where he's going to fit what he's done recently and uh, all that fun stuff. So we'll be right back after just a second from a word for our sponsors. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can bet on the Red Wings over in Sweden, hoping to come out with a big four points against the Maple Leafs and the Senators. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 
Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. You know that the second October is over and November hits, the holiday season gets into full swing. We take down the pumpkins, break out the Mariah Carey, and do a lot of shopping. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before, how their audio products provide great sound quality and battery life, and that they're moving into the home space with things like air purifiers and water purifiers. But Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. In this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon Power Tech. Their faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And we're back, and we are going to talk about Patrick Kane. The Detroit Red Wings have made it official, though there is some like really messy roster stuff that has to be cleared up because they called up Jonathan Berggren today, and now they are at 23 of 23 with no one going on IR. But the Red Wings have signed Patrick Kane to a one-year contract with an AAV of $2.75 million. We're going to break it down. The first thing I want to say off the top is stop attacking people online for having a difference of opinion. I guess that's the first thing. Uh, From a purely hockey standpoint, there are reasons to be skeptical about Patrick Kane. Now, the signing itself is uh, virtually zero risk. Uh, It is a one-year contract. It is $2.75 million. The Red Wings, it was uh, shown today that by the trade deadline, we'll have over $10 million in cap space to spend on other targets. Which is crazy because it's crazy because it's prorated. We've paid players so much. But Kane's contract, what's nice is the, the guys that have had, and it's known that the guys have had that have had this surgery, they, they play like 10 games and then they're done. Like they can't continue because it hurts and it's a major hip surgery. They're literally shaving bone off of your hip to like give it a new fresh like all set in the joint. But $2.75 million is nothing. The Red Wings still have like uh, a little over almost $3 million in cap space left, I believe, as it stands right now. And one year, he has a full no trade. So you're not really trading him, but he doesn't have a no move. So if he falls flat on his face, yeah, if he falls flat on his face and you're not going to bury him on the fourth line because you don't want Patrick Kane to get beat up on the fourth line, he's not a grinder, you can send him to Grand Rapids. You can wave him and send him to Grand Rapids. Now, it was also reported that he had multi-year offers from other teams, and he chose Detroit after speaking to Derek Lalone 
He liked Derek Lalonde's vision for the game, his X's and O's approach to the team, and his view of the team going forward and how he sees this team evolving as they continue. He also said that uh, another reason is that there is a possibility of winning here, but he chose Detroit because of basically management and coaching. That's where he's going. Plus, I mean, it helps that he's now with Alex Debrinkit, I guess. Uh, but I guess what was your initial your initial reaction to the Patrick Kane signing? I was shocked, to be honest. I thought there was a lot of smoke and mirrors going up about where he could end up going. I guess I didn't think that the newsy Iserman connection would come through almost seemingly more than the Debrinkit one. Uh, I know the video came out earlier of Cat was talking to Kane about just kind of how things have been going for him. Him being to Brinkett since he's come to Detroit, how the players have been, what the organization's been like, so on and so forth. And obviously it's been nothing but positives for him up, up till now. And that's what he relayed back to him. So I'm sure that combination of all that, what he's seen with the team is pl- played into the decision. But I guess it's weird to see Detroit in that situation to bring in uh, granted, it's a ghost of his former self, but a top tier name to this team that's potentially pushing for a playoff spot later in the year. I mean, it speaks to what Eiserman sees from the roster right now and where he thinks things could go if, if Kane does work out in the long run for the season. But it's it's excitement. Like I posted in the Discord earlier, the Florida Panthers broadcast flat out said the division just got a lot tougher today with Kit Patrick King going to Detroit. Some may disagree, but I mean, you look at that. When's the last time you hear that kind of sentence about the Detroit Red Wings? It's been a while. So teams are noticing what's happening. And I think that kind of builds on what's taking place, if you will. So I, I but I was shocked as my initial reaction. Tyler, what'd you think? Yeah, I was absolutely shocked. But then again, I, I shouldn't have been because of all the smoke from last night. Um, I, I had a feeling that, that it would more than likely happen, but then, you know, it's, it's like you, you can imagine it happening. And then at the end of the day, like when it finally does happen, it's like, oh my God, Patrick Kane is a Detroit Red Wing. Now off ice stuff. Sure. Um, declining production. Sure. At the end of the day, it's still Patrick Kane. It's still a guy that, that has tremendous hockey skill, tremendous hands, uh, tremendous distributing, uh, I'll tell you one thing. A lot of people aren't talking about this, but it certainly helps your power play. Patrick Kane, a hell of a player on the power play. Even if you're a power play specialist, you're giving him, you know, a very short deal, short dollar. Um, if he doesn't play well, you can bury him in Grand Rapids or or wave him or do whatever you want to do with him. But the division did get tougher. The division did get tougher. You, whether you want to argue it or not, the Patrick Kane makes the Detroit Red Wings a better hockey team right now. Do we know what he's going to become and and what he's going to do production wise? You know, we'll see. We don't, we really don't know what's going to happen with the injury. If he feels good and he's practiced and he's done everything that, that has been reported, then I don't know why you wouldn't sign him. And I'll tell you one thing else. You, you saying that they talked about it on the Florida Panthers broadcast. I'll take it one step further. That's an NHL player, a legit NHL player, former superstar that is looking at the Detroit Red Wings nucleus and the young players and and the whole system that is kind of coming together with Derek Lalonde and Steve Eisenman at the helm. 
And that's a player like Patrick Kane looking at that and saying, you know what? I want to go join that. I mean, really, we've seen that with the last several years. Outside of just the fact of guys saying like Perron, for instance, when Steve Eiserman calls you, listen. Now we're seeing that reaction to the players on what's going on. And now, I mean, that was kind of the assumed really the last couple of years. If you look at some of the guys they brought in. But yeah, I mean, now granted, yes, I get it. He's 35 years old. He's not the Patrick Kane you would have, we were hoping for. I mean, you're hoping that he's the guy in your roster in that 2013 Cup run, uh, you know, putting Chicago to sleep as we march our way on the conference finals or Stanley Cup. But still, the, the mind and the hands are going to be there. It's whether or not the lower half of the body will be there. And I think that's going to be. I feel like Patrick Kane is one of those guys that's two years removed from 92 points in the 2021-2022 season where he played 78 games. And he still put up 16 goals with that awful Chicago team and 29 assists for 45 points in 54 games. And then he put up 19 point, or sorry, 12 points in 19 regular season games and still had four points in six games uh, with the Rangers in the postseason. So Patrick Kane, if we're getting that version of Patrick Kane or even a little bit better version of Patrick Kane, I'm in. Now, we had talked about it a bit. Uh, Patrick Kane's value to the team. Uh, don't expect him to go out and score 40 goals. Like, that's not Patrick Kane. You're getting Patrick Kane, most likely the facilitator, which is not necessarily speed dependent. So that could be a good thing. You don't need to be able to race at 100 miles an hour down the, the ice to be able to pass the puck effectively. So the hip doesn't affect the eyes and it doesn't affect the hands. So the vision and everything and the passing should still be there. His war card, and we had talked about this before, it is very ugly. Three-year weighted average with a 2% EV offense and a 0% EV defense. That's the, the big downside to Patrick Kane is he doesn't really pay def, uh, play defense. So you're sacrificing defense in your forward core for a hopeful bump in offense. And who's going to score those goals? Will it be Alex it on the second line? Will it be, I had mentioned earlier, maybe you do a second line, because I think Cat should still be up top, but maybe you do a second second line of Robbie Fabry, JT Confer, and Patrick Kane, because Fabry can bury the puck, and we've seen it happen when he's on the ice and he's healthy. Cross your fingers, knock on wood, say a prayer. Robbie Fabry is extremely effective offensively. What Patrick Kane's going to give you is a 72% in finishing, and he's going to give you an 88% in primary assists. That's the vision. That is the passing. That is the setup, Patrick Kane. And you've seen it. Uh, it was even tweeted out that Kane reunites with Debrinkit. He has assisted on 72 goals by Alex Debrinkit, which marked Kane's second most on goals scored by a teammate behind Taves at 118. Cat is his second most effective teammate. And where I think that will benefit the Red Wings, like you said, Tyler, is on the power play. You get Kane to feed Cat on the power play. If you have a power play one, of Patrick Kane, uh, Dylan Larkin, Alex Debrinkit, Mo Sider, and Lucas Raymond. Like, that's a that's an absolutely insane power play right there, just for puck movement alone, I think. So you got two guys that are burying the puck well this season in Raymond and Cat and even Larkin. And you've got guys that can facilitate, like Larkin's a very good facilitator. Um, Cat's shown he can be a good facilitator. Raymond's a facilitator. You've got guys that that's a that's probably going to be one of the best power plays in the league. Yeah, I think that's really what we should be focusing on is what he can end up doing for the special teams. 
And his time in Chicago was to brink it. This is now all in looking at it, but he had Patrick Kane 128 points on the power play out of his 428 points between 2018 and 2022 with Chicago. How, how much of that went to, to brink it? I'm not sure offhand, but when you've got a quarter of your points coming from the power play alone on a team that might be starting to find their way with the power play and you've got flexibility to move guys around, that is huge because now you can maybe put him in, I don't want to say in Raymond's spot, but you could put him in Raymond's spot. And now you've got a crazy umbrella and you're not losing puck movement. You're still maintaining a guy with a shot and it, it doesn't put that much, much stress on them. Now, is that what they're going to do? I don't know. I, there's a lot of different ways you could approach it. And I can't really be too upset about any of those ways. So it's going to be inter- interesting to see how that translates over. Again, completely different situation. He's older. He's had the surgery. It's a wait and see, but it's still exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. And and I'll tell you one thing, you know what? Like, I don't know how many more eyes it brings you in terms of the NHL and people watching, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people um, that still look at Patrick Kane as one of the best American players ever. And, you know, when Patrick Kane is on the TV, people stop and watch. He's still a polarizing figure, polarizing hockey player. Oh, and by the way, he can still put the puck in the back of the net. Because you don't need your legs to put the puck in the back of the net, especially if it's on the power play, coming in from that top of the right circle and just taking a wrist shot after most siders feeding him or, or Raymond's feeding him or Debrinket's feeding him. I know, you know, Patrick Kane, you think about it, the passes to Debrinket, the passes to Panarin back in the day with Chicago. He can still bury, he can still score in the power play. And it just gives you another option and another threat on the power play. You know what? People saying, well, oh, you, you know, what if, what if he sucks and what if this. If he sucks, then he's not going to play, right? If he doesn't, if he if he can't skate and he can't move, then he's going to retire. He could pull himself right out and just say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. At 35 years old, I doubt it. Yeah, it's not like he's going to be at a point. He's got 1,237 points in 1,180 games played. I think he's going to maintain that uh, more than point-per-game average even as, as the season goes on because Detroit's got a unit. They're not hurting for goals. We've already made that clear. We've already highlighted the fact that they're playing great defensive hockey over their last several games, Sweden not included. And in a way, it almost gives him a buffer to not have to worry about that point, Greg, like you made, that he, he isn't there for defense. He's there to help you offensively. Now, it's it's so that makes it a double-edged sword. But if he is helping you put pucks in net, there's still four other guys on the ice, and you're not worried about him on the PK that to make try to make things happen. So it's it's a gamble, but it's a safe gamble. Yeah, Emily Kaplan even said basically he's had humility through this process. He says he knows he needs to earn his spot. He doesn't need to be on the first line or PP1. Um, I don't think they'll put him on the first line. I think especially after recovering, if he comes back and he's like, oh my God, we got 2018 Patrick Kane, then yeah, then bump him up to the first line maybe. But I think he starts on the second line and Kat's played what the past three games on the second line. And I, I think that was initially kind of the, the, the raw spot for him in Ottawa was being bumped down to play on the second line. But now they go out and get one of the players that he's most comfortable with to play with him. I think that not only shows 
uh, a willingness to win from Iserman, to do things and change this roster, seeing what they're able to do this season to win, but also to put guys around other guys that they're familiar with. To go out and say, okay, Dabrinkit, we know you might not be happy being moved down to the second line, but we're going to push for a guy you've played with, that you're familiar with, that you've done very well with. Larkin has a whole video from when he was a baby saying that he like no beard, nothing saying that he loved 2016 for those curious. It's not baby, not actual baby. (laughs) He grew up with baby faced Larkin grew up watching Patrick Kane as a person who he really followed through the USNTDP. And uh, and it was just it was now they're getting a guy for Larkin that he grew up watching and that he was familiar with. And. To kind of continue that, I mean, Larkin modeled himself around a great American player, especially at that time. And I was somebody made the comment in the Discord, so I had to go back and look at comments made about Kane. They mentioned former teammates when he was traded off. He is a quiet leader. So for those that may have had the thought that he's going to try to come in and usurp Larkin for lead of the team, it's not going to happen. He knows that there's guys in charge. He's going to go along with that. But what it's what's going to be important is what he's doing in practice, preparation, and things of that nature that is going to speak volumes to the guys on this roster because you're adding it's a it's a different level of talent that we haven't seen really since Henrik Zetterberg has left. Not trying to discredit anything from Larkin, but he learned from all of these guys and he has tried to make, carry that on. Now you bring in a Brinkett, he's got all that going on. Now you bring in a Patrick Kane who has had years of success. And the way that he's gone about it on the ice, you're going to let that carry over into your roster. And that's freaking huge because we always hear, heard about what Datsuk and Zetterberg would do at practice, how they went through things, the drills they did individually to kind of get themselves set, how they worked out, how they were going through the nutrition, like all those things you always kind of hear about, but the players raved about. That's what you're getting in a Patrick Kane, ideally. So again, we'll see how it plays out, but that is huge for this type of, for the way this roster is. Yeah, like we had mentioned, really the downside could be defense um, and, and just production overall. Patrick Kane, like you said, it's been three years since he started kind of declining, and it, it hasn't really stopped except for like you said a couple seasons ago when he did have 92 points, but then he followed that with 57. And then uh, 57 again between Chicago and New York. So there is still some production there. Now the hip will tell us yes or no if it's if he's able to actually do it again. But he needs to pass a physical. That's the first thing. Like the doctors need to say, yeah, you're good to go, which he should do. He's passed it already, hasn't he? Because they've, they've, they've announced it officially. They wouldn't have announced it officially if he hasn't passed the physical. Oh, okay. Well, then, yes, I guess they wait to announce until you pass a physical. So he's passed a physical, but we'll see if he can physically play hockey, I guess, on the on the ice. And it's I think the biggest thing, like like we had said a little bit, is that it shows that guys that could literally go to any team are choosing to come here because they see what's happening with the team. They see what's happening with the culture, the coaching, the management. And that, I mean, we're not the only ones that see Iserman built a rolling cap. He's built a stocked prospect pool. He's putting guys on the ice in free agency, giving them limited contracts and saying, go out and do the thing. And they're going out and doing the thing. I think it's like four of the top like eight uh, free agent signings that have been most productive so far in the season are Detroit Red Wings. And it's it's amazing to see stuff like that 
and the direction this team is going. And we can do happy podcasts in between maybe a sad podcast every other week. And let's just hope that the the train keeps rolling. Um, and then again, don't expect to see Patrick Kane play tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Probably not until next weekend. Honestly, yeah, he needs to get with the team. He needs to get in their training regimen. He needs to learn the systems. He needs to get on the ice and take contact. I think that's the big thing because I'm not sure he's taking contact yet in his recovery. So it'll be a while before we see him. Uh, and Daniel Sprong did relinquish his number. So Patrick Kane will be wearing 88 uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. So I guess we'll just wait to see what number Daniel Sprong picks now. So does he go with uh, old Brent Gilchrist? 41. I would go with 89. Why not just go and number up? Last worn by Sam Gagne, I believe. That'd be a good one. I wouldn't be against that. People are like, is he going to try to take 91? <laughs> yeah, let's uh, he's have to fight Sergey for it. And the other one I think he had was 11, which that might be a tainted number at this point. I think Zach Aston Reese is number 11. He, yeah, but he's not here. I mean, he's signed. Ryan, he's not dead. Like Tyler wasn't dead last episode. Zach Aston Reese is not dead. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he couldn't be like, yeah, I'm 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 in Grand Rapids. So cool. Yours. All right. So I guess I want to get you guys' final thoughts on the Patrick Kane signing. uh, And then we're going to sign off tonight. So Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, my final thoughts are is just like we were talking about this off air and I've talked about this. Even with the owner of my gym that doesn't even watch hockey, he just knows like players and like this is this is the kind of player that Patrick Kane, you know, was at one point and still resonates among American people and American born hockey fans and, and even people that don't watch hockey. So um the fact that a former Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup champion three time is now with the Detroit Red Wings, I feel like it's less weird because we saw him with the Rangers last year. Uh, for the last quarter of the season, and then the it's postseason. still weird, Tyler. It's still weird. Oh, it's still weird. I'm not. I'm not disputing that it's weird. That it's not weird. It it, it certainly is. But I think it would have been a lot more weird if he went from like the Blackhawks to the Red Wings, or like in in a lot of people's examples, the the Red Sox to the Yankees, or vice versa. It's it, because there was a buffer there with the Rangers. It's like okay, I've seen him with another team now. Okay, I guess I can understand this. With, with the Red Wing. I don't understand why he ever left Chicago, to be frank with you. I mean, that's, I guess it's just because it was a sinking ship and, and there, he didn't want to be there. But like that, those two guys should have been the guys that retired with the Blackhawks. Um, but I'm not here to, uh, to, to praise the Chicago Blackhawks in any way, shape, or form. So the fact that he is now in Hockey Town, number 88, um, I'm, I'm I'm ecstatic. I, I can't wait to see what it looks like and to see uh, when he finally does make his NHL, uh, make his uh, Red Wings debut. But uh, I'm excited. We have a trade. The uh, Canucks have acquired a fifth round pick in the 2024 NHL entry draft from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for forward Anthony Bolivier. Wait, Bolivier Be- or Beauvillier? Beauvillier. Beauvillier. <laughs> this was announced 15 minutes ago by the Vancouver Canucks. So the Hawks are tra- starting to turn the... the to take this down to the studs. They lost Hall for the season. The whole Corey Perry, did he whatever happened? And then yeah, or did he you know, touch you on know that next what week. he did? You think he actually did it? We're no. not touching. Hey, we're on final thoughts. Okay, anyways. Yeah, the Hawks are, are starting to tear it down to the studs. Anyhow. Now, final thoughts for me. I mean, it's 
it's a weird but exciting move to see Detroit do something like this. I get it. He's 35. He's not the same player. And time is going to be the ultimate deciding factor of how things go with Patrick Kane coming to Detroit. But you look at where Detroit's at in the standings right now. They're third in the in the Atlantic. They're 11, 6, and 3, 25 points. They're tied with Tampa in points, but they've got games in hand. They're also two points ahead of Toronto, who I'm not sure how they're currently doing right now. So um, hopefully they actually lose to Florida again, who Florida's fantastic. But you look at the same point in time last year when the Red Wings were 20 games into the season, they were 11, 5, and 4 at 26 points. Roughly the same exact spot as they were last season. Eisenman is probably seeing this, and he doesn't want to lose that momentum. The team, for the most part, is healthy. Wallman's coming back. Yeah, they're, they're going through the typical bangs and bruises, if you will. And now they're trying to make sure that long haul, this team is being effective offensively, and they're not going to lose a step with it. If you got guys knocking on the door, I love the article. If you haven't gone and seen it or read it, excuse me. Uh, on the athletic from Max, he had a good write up on on Simon Evanson, how he is uh, quote unquote waiting in the wings, and there's a lot of things about to happen with this team that are moving them in the right direction. A lot of the direction that people are wanting to see right now. So whether or not this is going to be a fruitful signing, obviously we'll see. But on the surface, right now, it's an exciting prospect, and if he's on out here next next week on LCA ice that's even better because I'll be at those games so we'll see what happens but uh yeah go wings already ran 33 yeah Derek Lalone is quoted saying that Patrick Kane when he was talking to him uh over zoom is a brilliant hockey mind and you can tell that he's watched us a lot and Alex Debrinkit says if any guy can come back from that surgery it's him he's kind of a hockey nerd and thinks hockey 24 7 his IQ is pretty high above a lot of other people so I guess the question comes down to, are we getting Chris Chelios or are we getting Mike Madano? And uh, I guess we'll see what happens there going forward. I mean, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, the games will sell tickets like none other. They'll sell jerseys like none other. Uh, and it'll be really weird to see a bunch of people walking around Little Caesars Arena in Patrick Kane Red Wings jerseys. It'll just, uh, I guess, take a little bit to get used to. Oh, I hadn't thought about that yet. That is going to be weird. I mean, it's seeing him in the wing wheel is going to be weird, but... Now I just screwed with your head, Ryan, right before we get off. You did. You, you see that kind of going through my mind right now, that, that complete, wow. The wheels are turning. Uh, but you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We just thank the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting us and spreading us around everywhere and for all the people that listen to us. We also like to give a huge shout-out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. You can probably get a Patrick Kane Adidas jersey before they sell out and go to Fanatics which will be an absolutely awful abomination that no one wants. Uh, we also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape where you use promo code GRINDLINE you get 10% off. The same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you will get 12% off. And you can sub to us on YouTube by searching us on YouTube and watch our beautiful faces on your screen and our fancy stats. And you can find our merch on redbubble.com by searching The Grindline. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy hockey now.